being able to lift my hands in this praise Jesus in this season, uh, right here in the comfort of my living room. So glad we didn't have to shut down. Now, you may or may not know this Sunday is when we normally celebrate our anniversary. We had an anniversary barbecue planned, uh, but that didn't quite work out this year uh, because of that little uh, coronavirus. Uh, the Rona got us. Uh, and so what we're doing is we're going to celebrate it next week. All right. And here's what we're going to do. We are going to have one service at 10 a.m., right? One 10 a.m. service. And we're going to do a combination of uh, live service uh, and worship. It's, 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 we've got something really neat going on, but here's how you get to participate in what we're doing now. Pay attention. All right. What I want you to do is I want you to record a video uh, of a testimony. Now, I know this is difficult for some folks, but what we want you to do is we want you to record the video, not like this, watch this, but like this, just like the TV screen there, right? And you want you to record a, a, a video, a minute or two, uh, testimony about how God has used Revival Life Church to impact your life or maybe how God has come through in a specific way in this season. And if you would take a picture of your family and what we want you to do with this video is upload it to any file sharing service, you know, Dropbox, uh, 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 OneDrive or Mega, wherever you want to put it, Google Drive, send us a link to it and you could be part of our service next week. All right. If you have any questions about that, go ahead and call the office. Don't know why I told you to do that because there's not going to be anybody here, but send us an email. Amen at revivallifechurch.org. That probably will work better because uh, nobody will answer the phone here. Amen at revivallifechurch.org. Uh, but we'll put out a little thing in our social media about it, but upload that. It's going to be a neat service. One, one more time. One service, 10 a.m. All right. Excellent. That's on uh, April 26th. So it's going to be cool. So be part of that. I want to talk to you today about the road to the comforter. The road to the comforter. Now, many of us have experienced a great deal of disruption of life in this season of coronavirus. There's been a great disruption. And, you know, since there's been the shut-in order, you know, we kind of had to hunker down and uh, we've been at home more than ever. Uh, the kids are home. Uh, life as usual is not very usual these days. It's actually gotten quite unusual and our schedules have gotten all kind of tossed. And for many of us, it's causing some issues in our minds. And, and if you have been experiencing this, you're not alone. This thing is throwing a lot of people for a loop. A lot of people are really struggling in this season and aren't exactly sure why. And I believe Jesus today has something that's going to kind of bring some relief, either through hopefully some practical things, but I'm really believing some supernatural things. Wow, that uh, God is going to do today. I remember when this thing started, it felt like we were kind of in survival mode. We didn't know how long it was going to last, and it seemed like people were making a run on the grocery stores. And if I can be really kind of honest, it was kind of exhausting. It was exhausting and not knowing if this would sweep across us quickly, if people were blowing it out of proportion, or if this was something we really had to be worried about. We were concerned about our elderly ones among us, and then we found out even younger people were getting very sick, and then we knew people who were pregnant, and again, it was exhausting and we we're trying to get more information and the more information we got, the more bad news it seemed we were 
we were getting. And, and, and then we were hunkered down at home. We were at home, and if you're kind of like me, at the beginning, it almost felt a little bit like a spring break. We were, we were home, maybe eating too much food. I felt like it was a snack break every 90 minutes. And, uh, and, 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 you know, once we had, you know, stocked up and we had enough toilet paper and, uh, uh, you know, we, we had the meat in the freezer, then we didn't know exactly what to do. And we just kind of got into wait mode. And then we found out that this thing is not a sprint. It's a bit of a long haul. You know, it's the 19th today and the Florida lockdown effect is, is not going to stop until at earliest the end of April. We got a couple of weeks of this at, at, at minimum. And what we found out is our lives kind of got thrown off here. And what I want to kind of begin to maybe propose is that you would audit the rhythms of your life in this season. David said in Psalm 90, he asked God, he said, number my days, teach me to number our days that we may have a heart of wisdom. He wants to make every day count. And what we found out is in this season, our internal rhythms have been completely thrown off. The biological term for this is our, our, our circadian rhythms. And we, at one point, we, we got up at a certain time and we went to work at a certain time and we had lunch at a certain time. We came home at a certain time. And, and, and when you get off of this rhythm, you just feel off. You just feel off. And, and, and it's just a natural thing. And, and it goes to show it really matters how we're living. It matters how I'm living. I can't just do whatever I want. And, and unfortunately, many of us are a slave to our job. In our lifestyle, we're a slave to work. We, we, we've learned to let school or our job dictate the rhythm of our life. And now that we've gotten a little freedom, we've surrendered that rhythm as well. And it's really time that we get back. We get back the rhythm of our life, find out that we may have surrendered it, but I need to take over now. These broken rhythms have consequences. They have consequences in our sleep patterns and they have consequences in our eating patterns. And if you're like me, it's even had some consequences in our mental health. It just throws us off. And this uneasiness that you may have been feeling, this anxiety about an uncontrollable situation. Maybe depression has been creeping in. Maybe you've seen strain in your relationships at home because we're together now more than ever, right? Uh, maybe you've seen these things and, you know, there are things that we can do both natural and supernatural to kind of deal with some of these things. Now, unfortunately, we can't single-handedly change how the coronavirus has disrupted our lives. We, we can't. We can't be an island unto ourselves. We can't single-handedly hide from it and think it's going to go away. And we can't single-handedly deny it because wherever we go, it's there. This thing is there and it's affecting our lives. But we, what we do have control over is how we react to this situation. This is what we do have control over. We don't have control over what coronavirus does, but we do have control over how we react to it. If your work schedule or school schedule or your sleep schedule has been thrown off, it's time to start exercising some internal discipline. It's time to kind of recapture this thing. And maybe you were like me and, and so many of us at the beginning, it was like spring break and we stayed up too late and maybe we slept in a little too late or we're eating too much. And at some point that catches up to you. It's okay for a week of spring break or a vacation, but it's not 
We can't live that way. It's not productive and it's not healthy physically, mentally, or spiritually. We have to exercise some internal discipline. Now, discipline is not something that our society loves to hear about. In a lot of times we equate discipline with punishment and, that, and that's not it. Discipline prepares us. Discipline equips us. Discipline positions us to live fully healthy lives and make good decisions. Let, let me say this. If I can just get on a soapbox for a second, stop buying all the toilet paper. It's not necessary. I don't know if you've noticed this, but coronavirus does not cause a severe need of toilet paper. It doesn't. And so when you go in Publix and you see three things of toilet paper, don't buy them all. You don't need them. I mean, you don't. Like, we don't need 122 rolls of toilet paper at home. I mean, if you do, see a doctor, right? Because there's something happening here that coronavirus is not going to fix. Went to Boca Helping Hands a couple weeks ago, and I was able to talk to the, to the head director of it. And we asked him what he needed. He said, normally we have plenty of food. Uh, but what's happening is people out of fear are buying up all the meat in the grocery stores. And so nothing's expiring. And so they have no food to give Boca Helping Hands. Now, we don't need to fill our freezers with meat because coronavirus is here. Now, I know in Florida, we're used to uh, the only real dangerous things that we experience are hurricanes. And when a hurricane comes, uh, you buy water. I don't know why, because in my entire life, we've never run out of water in a hurricane. It's never happened. Right? We buy water, uh, we buy uh, perishables, uh, and we fill up our freezers, in, in, which is funny because electricity often goes out and we lose everything in our freezer. I don't understand it, but it's what we do as Floridians. But nothing that the coronavirus does make electricity go out, right? Like, let's just relax a little bit. A little internal discipline. This intentional living actually brings us on the road to the comforter. When we're running and we're scared, we miss this comforter that Jesus promised us. Jesus said, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And he was promising us his spirit. Now listen, if we're going to receive everything God has for us, we're going to have to do a little bit enduring suffering. We're just going to have to endure a little bit of suffering. We're going to have a little bit of discomfort in our lives in order to live better. The, 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 the Bible says when Paul was writing to Timothy, he said, if we endure, we will reign with him. This is a promise from God. We endure with Jesus and we'll reign with Jesus. It's important that we not try to escape every little bit of hardship. You cannot prevent coronavirus from disrupting your life. You, you, you can't. You can't buy enough groceries. You can't eat enough food. You can't watch enough episodes of The Office. It's, it's, there's going to be suffering in this season. And when we recognize, you know, modern Christianity it has empty promises of an easy life without struggles. And it's just not true. This is coming from a preacher who believes God supernaturally heals and has seen it and that God supernaturally delivers. And I've seen it and God supernaturally brings provision. But part of what he does for us is he supernaturally 
empowers us to endure suffering. He, he's there in the midst of it. That, that's his promise. I was speaking with Duke uh, earlier this week, and Duke Rample, of course, uh, goes out with Mike Rentler often, and they feed the homeless. And, uh, and we're just having this conversation about how, you know, some Christians believe that since we're Christians, you know, coronavirus can't touch us. And, and in the news, unfortunately, we've just seen some tragic stories of Christians who thought that way and unfortunately really suffered physically because of it. And we were talking, Duke and I, about the need to balance our call to suffering in the fear that comes from the world. When you recognize, like, you know, I, 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 this life is not going to be a bed of roses, but, but he's going to be there with me. This lifts the fear off because we're promised heaven on the other side. Now, I don't want to go there quickly. I don't want to go there soon, but, but there is, there is a promise for those who believe. Now, Easter was when Jesus, of course, was resurrected from the dead. Good Friday, he was murdered. On Easter, he was resurrected from the dead, but that is not the end of the story. As a matter of fact, if Jesus just came to die on the cross, we didn't need an Easter Sunday. If he just came to die and pay the penalty for sin, there was no need to be resurrected. Jesus was resurrected for a reason. Because if we die with him, we get to be born again with him. And not only that, he said he would send the Spirit. Good Friday, Easter, Pentecost. This is a package deal. He didn't just say, hey, your sins are forgiven now. Tough it out. No, no, no. He said, I'm going to send you my Spirit and I'm going to be with you. Now, we celebrate Easter, we celebrate Christmas, but Pentecost is the birthday of the church. Now, it comes 50 days after the resurrection. It's Penta, 50. 50 days after the resurrection, Jesus sent the Spirit. Now, Jesus paid for our redemption on the cross, but Pentecost is receiving the fullness of that redemption. Now, this is really good news. This is good news because this is God with us, the Spirit. Jesus endured the suffering of the cross for the purpose that would come later. That's the day of Pentecost, the birthing of the church. The, the cross doesn't stand alone. The, the cross is not, is not uh, the only thing that Jesus did. It's not the end of the story. As a matter of fact, it's the beginning of the story of the church. This is the promise that so many saints of old were waiting for. God living on the inside of us. The church Jesus died to save was born on Pentecost. But unfortunately, as charismatic, sometimes can just lower Pentecost to speaking in tongues or maybe healing or a spiritual gift. No, no, friend. It's, it's bigger than that. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, he said, Repent, each of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, this gift of the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience. It's an ongoing experience for believers. It says in verse 39, watch this, For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call to himself. It keeps happening. You and the next person and to the ends of the earth. It keeps happening for all you and everyone you know. 
It's not a one-time deal in human history. It's not a one-time deal in your history. Pentecost is the day of the outpouring and the birth of a new hope for you over and over and over again. We need Holy Spirit in this season of trial. We need Him in this season of trial. One of my favorite verses that I quote all the time is Romans 15, 13. And Paul prayed this over the church in Rome. He says, Now may the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of Holy Spirit. Now, I know the days may be hard for you. Finances may feel tight. You may not know where things are going. You may be worried about your job or your friends or your family or our country for that matter. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have joy and peace. Man, if there's ever been a time that we needed joy and peace, I don't know about you, but I think it's now. I think it's now. And Paul told him, look, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we get this joy and this peace. Now, I want to help just a little bit in my few remaining moments. How do we cultivate this presence of God, this, this, this spirit of comfort? As we travel from Easter to Pentecost, here in this in-between time on the calendar, yet in the days of Pentecost, in the Spirit. How do we cultivate this season of Pentecost? How do we increase in this presence of God in our lives that we may abound in the power of the Spirit, that we may have joy, we may have peace, we may have hope? If you take in notes, and I hope you do, I want you to write a couple things down and stay active in the chat on the video and hear what other people are saying and give us a like if you would and and, 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 and write these down. Okay, watch this. First thing, and, and we've already done it today, worship. worship. You know, David, there was a time David was, was vexed with the Spirit. He was so upset and he said, now, now send, bring me a minstrel that someone may play songs. And it says, when the minstrel played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. How, how many of you know the king who called for David did not have a better covenant than we have. I want you to worship with purpose, knowing that the spirit of comfort is going to come in the room as you're worshiping. And I want you to be ready for the hand of the Lord to come upon you. If we, you know, we can't get together and worship here physically, but there's saints praying all over the world, worshiping our God, worshiping Jesus at the throne, and when you worship, I want you to picture yourself with all the saints of heaven, lifting up the name of Jesus, expecting the Spirit of God to come in the room. Now, on that note, in this season of worship, in this season of Pentecost, and in this crazy time, now more than ever, we need to spend time waiting on God. I don't know how this happened, but it feels like, though I have so much more time on my hand, it feels like I'm more busy than ever. It feels like I, I, I'm having a harder time slowing down to do things intentionally, which is all the more reason we need to slow down and do things intentionally. We need to just like carve some time out of our day and just wait on God. Now, in this season of worry, again, you know, Jesus 
continually spent time in prayer. And I just feel like if he was doing his entire ministry in three years, he was busier than I am right now. And if Jesus had time to stop and pray, I probably do as well. How about you? Yeah, we all do. And uh, I have this heightened awareness in this season. I have a heightened awareness of the angels around my home. I, I'm, just, I'm sensing it now more than ever. I'm seeing it in prayer. And I'm trying to be conscious of this as I am out in my life that the angel of the Lord is protecting me, that I am not alone in this season. If you haven't yet, my, you, you need to, you need to just carve out time for your relationship with God in this season. If you haven't, let me plug our prayer groups one more time. Now, mine, of course, is the best one, but it's already full. My men's group, shout out to the fellas. Of, we call ourselves the holy ones in our chat. I don't, I don't know why we got named that, but I'm not arguing. Uh, but if you haven't joined one, go, go to our website. Join a prayer group. I know there's a women's one that still has room open. They're just... Join a prayer group. Stop being alone. And if you're watching this and, and you don't join, you haven't joined Revival Life Church yet, that doesn't matter. Join a prayer group. We'll hang out with you. You don't have to be alone. Right? So as we carve this time to spend time with God in this season, are you taking notes? Are you still with me? I'm coming to an end and then we're going to share the Lord's table. We're going to have communion together. Almost done. Right? Don't turn the channel. Don't. Stay there. All right. Next thing. You ready? Write this down. We need to remember what God has done in our life. We call that meditating on the testimony. Instead of watching the news all day, I don't know if you know this, but for every story about people getting coronavirus, every 50 stories about people suffering from coronavirus, you might get one about the tens of thousands of people who have recovered from coronavirus, right? Because that doesn't sell newspapers. I'm not... I'm not belittling the media, uh, but what I am saying is we, we need to unplug a little bit from the worldly media, plug in a little bit to God's media. We need to read our Bible. We need to remember what God has done in our life. Now listen, instead of med- watching the news all day, constantly updating it, constantly going through the websites, constantly flipping through, meditate on the, your testimony. Think about what God did in your life. Pull out an old journal. Read what you used to pray about and see how many of those things have been answered. Think about, you know, all the testimonies you have of how God came through, how he healed you, how he saved a family member, how he put you into that ministry, how you were praying for this breakthrough in your finances. Like watch old services where God touched you. Play some worship music for when you first met God. And remember how that used to minister to your spirit. That stuff will come alive. Like we need to remember what God has done in our life in this season. Then we can drag that faith into this season instead of constantly meditating on what could go wrong. Pray in tongues. Jesus died on the cross that we could have our sins forgiven. He rose from the dead that we could live new lives. We are the temple of God. We are New Jerusalem with that holy of holies being in our heart where the presence of God dwells. This is the promise that they were waiting for. And when you pray in tongues, the spirit of Christ on the inside of you comes alive. It builds your faith. It releases rivers 
of God's presence in your home. Just walk around to the places in your life that are fearful, praying in the Holy Ghost. Get to work early, stand up, and just release the presence of God. Just begin to pray in tongues and, well, I would say touch stuff, but maybe with gloves on in this season. You know what I'm saying? Let's be smart, but let's just, just let's focus on the presence of God. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, he said, In the same way the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. Man, are we weak in faith these days? Are we weak in hope? Maybe weak in peace? The Spirit helps. says we don't know how to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And God, who searches the hearts, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We need to pray in tongues and build ourselves up. And build ourselves up. Listen, read your Bible. Read your Bible. I, 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 I have found a rock of peace in the Word of God these days. There's certain passages that have really ministered to my soul. And, you know, if, if you, know, you don't have to stick to your Bible reading plan in the season. You can read the same psalm over and over and over again. <laughs> read what ministers to your spirit. God will speak to it. And for me, Psalm 118 has really ministered to my spirit this season. I want to read just a couple verses out of Psalm 118 over you. You ready? Psalm 118, verse 14. It says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. The sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I will not die, but live and tell of the works of the Lord. Open to me the gates to you, excuse me, open to me the gates of righteousness. I shall enter through them. I shall give thanks to the Lord. I shall give thanks to you for you have answered me and you have become my salvation. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. I, I just, I, I begin to brim with hope. I begin to brim, bubble over even with, with, with trust and thankfulness to God. And in this season, I, I want you to join in that. And finally, communion. You, you don't have to have a priest or a pastor in the home to break bread with the Lord. If, if, if you're home by yourself, if you're a single or you're just alone and you want to have communion with Jesus, do that. Get some elements, get some, get some bread, get some juice and invite Jesus to the table. If you have your family around, just have communion more often. And I want you to expect the presence of God. See, right on that Acts chapter two, when God sent the Holy Spirit. That same chapter we read that they were continually devoting themselves to teaching, to fellowship, and the breaking of bread and prayer. Now, we're physically distancing from one another, but we're not spiritually distancing. And we can't be emotionally distancing. I'm probably going to have communion in my men's uh, prayer group next time. I, maybe you should with your prayer group as well online. Let's commune together. Maybe you just call somebody and have communion together. Do a little video chat. Do, do, it, do, do, do something. Do something to promote the gospel in this season. Do, do something to remember what God has done in your life. Open a, open a TikTok account and start talking about Jesus on it. Start a blog. Start a YouTube channel. Start an Instagram group. Just tell people about what Jesus have, has done. Because I want to promise you this.
In times of struggle, Jesus is close. Jesus is close to us in times of trouble. So now, if you would get your communion elements, my beautiful wife is going to bring mine up because she's so amazing. Hello, beautiful wife. I appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you too. Mwah. Blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. I love this woman. Okay, I'm sorry. Hallelujah. It's nice to be locked in with somebody you like. <laughs> you got to work on that marriage while you can. Because then you get locked in. You never know when you're going to be locked in, right? You want it to be, you want to work on it. Sweet Jesus, thank you. I like my kids and my wife. I'm blessed. Locked in with people I like. Although if you have teenagers at home like me, you probably don't ever see them these days, right? All right. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 26. My daughter just rolled her eyes at me so hard she might have broken the back of her head. I don't know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Matthew chapter 26. You ready? You got some elements? You ready, honey? I'm ready. Love this lady. All right. Jesus. Uh, uh, what? Wow. Let's just welcome the presence of God. Huh. Holy Spirit, wow, we pray that you would come to the table with us. That you would join us. That you would join us. That you would be the honored guest today at our table. Wow, 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 wow. Shabbat. Ha. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Oh, I, I release peace upon your life right now in the name of Jesus. I command anxiety to go. I command fear to leave your life. I just release the peace of God. I release the peace of God upon your life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I feel the anointing of God, honey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took some bread. And after a blessing, he broke it. Gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. Receive the body of Jesus broken for you. Huh. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. This morning, we receive this as we gather around the table of the Lord to receive this new covenant this fulfillment of the promise, this pouring out of the Spirit into our lives, and this washing, the cleansing. Receive the cup of the new covenant. Wow. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask right now that you would touch every life, that you would meet every prayer need, you would heal of sickness. You would deliver from oppression. You would release joy, Lord. You would release peace in that the Comforter would come and dwell among your people. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Hey, we love you. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's been an honor to minister and worship Jesus together. Pray that you have an amazing Sunday, an amazing week. We'll see you in our prayer groups. God bless you.